The Lord be with you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there's two ways that you can understand what Jesus means when he says this. And the first one is that you got to get Jesus to get to the Father's house. And I have to say, I personally really like this understanding because it appeals to my desire to have a, an exclusive VIP experience, right? Because I know I got Jesus, so I'm going to get this sweet mansion all to myself without any of the heretics or the heathens or any of those other peoples I didn't want to deal with in life. But even better than that, I like it because it gives me a sense of power and a sense of purpose, right? Because as someone who knows the way, as someone who's got Jesus, well, it's incumbent upon me and upon you as well to teach the other people the rules of the road, if you will, right? To teach them the correct theology, to teach them the proper prayers, to teach them the ways to live so that they can get on the way and get into the Father's house. And in fact, it's good on us to tell them if they're not on the way, right? Because they don't want to get to the destination and realize they've missed the boats. And so we should tell people when they're going to be rejected, yeah? Right? So like, if you deny the real presence of Christ in communion, well, there's still time to repent, otherwise you're going to get rejected, yeah? Or say you believe that Jesus is of similar substance with the Father, but not the same substance as the Father. Well, no Father's house for you, heretic, rejected, yeah? Or say you get the wrong color banner for the liturgical season, yeah? I hope you like it hot, rejected, and it might sound harsh, but right, I'm doing you a favor because at the end of the day, this first understanding of what it means that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there's no way to the Father's house through him means your control is in your own hands, right? It means that Jesus is the way like a spiritual ladder, a spiritual ladder that you have to have the theological know-how to climb properly and the spiritual self-discipline to do it right. And I'll tell you what, I'm pretty confident that I've got it made, yeah? I mean, sure, I have my bad days, right? I have my bad days where I'm a little stressed and busy and maybe I forget to pray or... Um, maybe I cut people off on traffic, or I deal with what's going on in my life by gossiping a little bit too much. But on those days, my theology is still rock solid, no doubts there. Though, though sometimes I do, I do wonder why the church split in two in the year 451 at the Council of Chalcedon over whether Jesus was one person with two natures, both human and divine, or one person with one nature that was simultaneously human and divine. But probably that's not going to be on the test, right? Probably that won't determine whether or not I know the way. That won't determine whether or not I got Jesus. Because I sure don't want to end up like Thomas saying, hey, I don't know where you are going, how can I know the way? Because it sounds like that guy might get rejected. And I don't want to be rejected, right? But if I'm worried about it, if perhaps I'm less confident in my ability to climb that spiritual ladder, I could understand Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through me in a second way. 
You see, instead of the first way being that you got to get Jesus to get into the Father's house, the second way could be that Jesus gets you to get into the Father's house. And this understanding is, is based on the same passage, John 14, but it looks particularly at that third verse where Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and I will take you there, so that where I am, you will be also. It's this idea that Jesus is coming to take us there. And so Jesus is not some spiritual ladder that we have to have the theological know-how and the spiritual discipline to climb. Jesus is instead a sweet chariot swinging as low as is necessary so as to carry us home. And as comforting as this might be, I will admit it bugs me. It bothers me, not on a theological level so much, but on on an ego level, yeah, because... You know, it kind of, it robs me of that sense of control, right? It used to be that my salvation was in my hands. But if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, what that means is no one is able to climb that spiritual ladder successfully on their own. That no one comes to the Father through their own good works, through their own right theology, through their own proper prayers. That Jesus has to come and pick us up because he's the only way we're getting there. And what that means is, I guess my salvation's not in my hands, it's in Jesus' hands. That I can't earn my way there through going to church and Bible study and charity, that instead I'm supposed to just, what, trust Jesus? That can't be right. Just believe in Jesus? But I think even worse than all that is is what it means when we get to the Father's house. right? If Jesus is in charge of quality control... How do I make sure all the people I don't want to be there don't get in? Because i got a long list of folks I don't want to spend eternity with. And I'm not sure Jesus got my memo. You know? Like, in fact, in 1 Peter, it even says that the very stone that the builders rejected will become the cornerstone. And, and I rejected a lot of people. And are they going to become the cornerstone of the Father's house when I get there? I don't know if I want that. And I also noticed... I also noticed, you know, I think back in my day I heard somewhere that I was going to get a mansion, that in my father's house it said there are many mansions. But I noticed our translation today, it said in my father's house there are many dwelling places. And the reason for that is the Greek word that Jesus uses to describe the places in his father's house, it's the same Greek word that Jesus uses when he invites us to abide in him so that he can abide in us. Jesus is literally saying, in my Father's house there are many places to abide. Which sounds a little less like I'm going to get my private chateau where I can sip wine by myself and ignore the neighbors. And it sounds more like the Father's house is going to be some big party where there's room for us to all hang out together. But maybe I'll worry about that when I get there. 
Because I will say the biggest problem I have with this second understanding, this understanding that Jesus is not a spiritual ladder to climb, but a sweet chariot swinging low to carry us home, is that I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do in this life. Right? It used to be that I, especially as a pastor, right, my job is to save souls, to tell people what they need to do to get into heaven. But if Jesus does it all, what's the point of being a pastor, being a Christian? What's the point of being a church? But First Peter tells us, like living stones, let yourself be built up into a spiritual house a royal priesthood. Jesus calls us to be priests. And a priest is someone who connects humans with God. And I want to be clear, there's only one great high priest, that's Jesus Christ. But in our faith and in our baptism, we are united with Christ as one with Christ, which means that we become part of that great high priest, not because it's our job to save people's souls after death, but because it's our job to unite people with their Father's house here on this earth by being that spiritual house made out of not marble columns or pearly gates, but out of living stones, out of people out of the very people that this world has rejected, but that God has claimed as chosen and precious, and not just to connect people with that spiritual house, but to show them how joyous it is here on this earth and in this life. Because I'll tell you what, friends, Jesus may come to carry us home, But I get the feeling that when some people see what that home is going to be filled with, who's going to be there, they may not want to go. I I say that, right, not just because of my jokes about theological nitpicking. I say that because I look around and I see so many folks who, when they have an argument or a disagreement or they've been hurt, their solution in this life, which is temporary, is to say, you know what, I'm just going to bounce. I never need to talk to you again. Think they're going to want to spend eternity with that same person? Or neighborliness, right? We're all going to be neighbors in our father's house sharing a room together, but it feels like neighborliness in our country these days means that if you knock on the wrong door, or you drive up the wrong driveway, or you ask your neighbor to be mindful of your baby sleeping, you're liable to get shot. That's what it means to be a neighbor these days. And so I can't help but wonder... That when Jesus comes and carries us home, if there may not be a few people who look and see that that home is filled with folks they didn't want to be with on earth and may say in all seriousness, Jesus, you know, is there an alternative I could see? And so, friends, we have a calling to be a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, not because we are better than anyone else, not because we have earned that status, but because we ourselves know God's mighty deeds that have carried us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. When First Peter says, once you were not a people, it's because we ourselves know what it is once to be rejected. But now, thanks to Jesus, We are God's people. When 1 Peter says, once you had not received mercy, it's because we have screwed up. 
We know what it is to sin and fall short of the glory of God, but now in Jesus we have received mercy, and it is this mercy that allows us to be those spiritual stones. Being willing to be built up by Jesus with other people who maybe rub us the wrong way, but who Jesus teaches us to rub together, to fit together as perfect masonry to become a living temple, holy and beautiful and full of joy. This is our calling. It's literally the mission statement of Faith Lutheran Church, to be a community reflecting God's love with a place at the table for everyone. So that when Jesus comes as a sweet chariot swinging low to carry us home, we might Sing out with joy, rejoicing at our siblings, friends, and strangers with whom we get to spend eternity in Christ. Amen.